This is The Dugout. Weekly interviews with Mariners manager Scott Service. Brought to you by Pizza Hut and by Mazda of Everett. Inside access to the clubhouse from Shannon Dreyer. Every Tuesday at 1 with Bumping Stacey on Seattle Sports Station. The home of the Mariners. This is The Dugout. Yes, Michael Bumpus and myself, Stacey Ross, are still here along with Curtis Rogers, our producer. Uh, but technically it's The Dugout. Every single Tuesday from 1 p.m. to 2 p.m., we talk Mariners for a full hour. Lots of exciting stuff as we near the trade deadline. Scott Service for the Scott Service Show joins us now. Scott, how's it going? Great. We are in Yankee Stadium here getting ready for the game tonight. How are you guys? We're well. We're obviously excited ahead of the trade deadline, us uh, covering it a little less stressful than, than you as a club handling that. Um, now, I'm curious, Scott, I You've been asked a billion questions about Luis Castillo already. I've already seen your postgame uh, stuff about it, but I just have to know, were you, did you find out during the game? Did you know beforehand? When did you find out that this deal was getting done? Um, I heard about the seventh or eighth inning, Manny Acta came up to me after he was coaching third base. And he just said that Alex Bregman had just told him that we acquired Luis Castillo. <laughs> so <that> was- <laughs> <laughs> what? So, uh, uh, you know, crazy things happen in the course of the game. Obviously, we're focused on playing that game and figuring out how to win it. But once in a while, um, you hear things like that. So I don't know where Bregman got it from, but that's how I first heard about it. Was this when Bregman was, like, was he on third yelling at people? Was it in the dugout? Because I know that it's a small world, right? Fans might hate the Astros or hate whatever team, but you guys know all these guys. And so I, I have, like... So Alex Bregman, like presumably from the dugout, just told Manny what happened. No, 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 no. He was out there playing third base. Uh, Manny is our third base. Coach. Yes, yes, yes. And I think it was between innings. You know, they're they're throwing the ball across the diamond. Amazing. Yeah, uh, and that that's that's kind of the first. Manny said it to me. I said, "Well, we'll see." Again, it could be a rumor, but and sure enough, after the game, I found out it was true. So it was all good. That's funny. That's the world we live in, right? Like 25 years ago, there's no way you're getting no. information like that. Now on it's the MLB diamond. Insider, Alex. Bregman. Yeah. That, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, it's the world we live in. You're right, Bob, no doubt. Hey, Scott, so what was your, your first conversation with uh, Castillo like? Uh, actually, you know, got a chance to talk with him um, yesterday when he came into the ballpark here. Uh, really good dude. Obviously, he's been around the league. Uh, he was just here at Yankee Stadium not too long ago, a couple weeks ago, and then pitched against him. So um, he's excited to join our club. Uh, you know, he's very comfortable. Obviously, Gino and and Jesse Winker have a relationship with him, having played with him in Cincinnati. So, you know, a good chance to talk with him. The first thing I did check, you know, he's kind of like cut up the long dreads going. I sent a check and make sure they were real. Some of these guys are going with extensions right now. So uh, uh, he laughed at me and he said, no, they're real, Poppy. I'm the real deal. <laughs> That's awesome. All good. All good. Uh, obviously, very, very exciting move. And look, it couldn't have come at a better time. It's been a tough road trip, but you guys are also dealing with some really tough injuries right now. Um, what's the latest with, uh, certainly with Ty? We know how long Julio uh, and Dylan are going to be out, but um, what's the latest with Ty? Yeah, some positive news today. Um, I'm going to go to my media scrum here in about 20 minutes, but I'll fill you guys in first. So you guys can scoop it, okay? Ooh. Uh, nice. We got Ty. Ty actually is feeling better. Um, he took a few swings just off the tee uh, in the cage today. Uh, will he be available tomorrow? I'm not quite sure yet, but uh, he feels much better uh, today. He probably won't take any bang practice on the field or anything like that, but uh, the wrist is calming down, which is definitely a good sign there. Uh, Julio's feeling much better as well. Um, obviously, we've got to wait. Uh, he's on the 10-day IL. We've got to wait about another seven days to get him back, but 
uh, he's progressing uh, probably a little bit quicker than maybe we anticipated. So that's all good. That's really good there. And, and Dylan Moore, who's not with us, but, you know, he went back to Seattle with the back spasms. He's feeling better as well. So some positive news uh, on that front. We need these guys. We need them back. But we also need them healthy uh, when they come back. So uh, we need to be patient, and it's hard to be that way, you know, when you're, you're playing against the, the better teams in the league. But that's just a little adversity we've got to deal with right now. Yeah, man, lots of injuries going on, um, and you've had to do some shuffling with this lineup. And seeing Frazier bat in the one spot makes me smile, man, because I remember when uh, you know he was having some tough times. So what does that say about Frazier and uh, how he's been able to kind of battle back and, and play some good ball? Yeah, Frazier's being Adam Frazier for the last month. This is the guy that he's always been throughout his career. He had some struggles early in the first half, and uh, it's nice to see him come out of it. And he just does a really good job getting on base, He's not going to drive the ball over the fence. There's not a whole lot of extra base hits, but he's got a knack for getting hits, and that's what we're seeing. Um, he's putting the ball in play hard. Every night it's two or three well-struck balls, and he's on everything. So, obviously, with Julio out right now, we'll slide him to the top of the order, and he's done a nice job there. So, he adds a lot, too, in what he brings versatility-wise defensively. You know, he's been at second a lot. He's done a nice job in the outfield for us, and, and that's where he'll be again tonight. What becomes the biggest challenge? Um, I mean, it could be for any player, regardless of position, but certainly for a team uh, as you near the final two months or so of the season. The biggest challenge? Is that what you're asking? Yeah. We were talking with Shannon the other day, and she said that like the best playoff teams almost like get better. So we were talking about like what changes in the second half for teams. So I'm curious from the perspective of a manager how the second half or latter two months kind of feels different. Yeah, I mean, obviously we've played – really good baseball to get to the situation or the position we're in right now. So everybody says, oh, just continue to do it the way you've been doing it. It doesn't really always work that right. way. There, there are some adversity. There's injuries. There's different things that crop up. And along the way, you're going to need contributions from everybody. And I think we, we have been getting it from a lot of different people, and maybe some people we weren't even expecting to. But, you know, I'm looking forward to getting our uh, healthy squad back. Certainly we need Julio and Ty healthy. I'm hopeful we can get Mitch Hanniger back here very soon. I know he's doing a rehab right now, and we'd love to have him back as soon as possible. Those three bats in our lineup should make a pretty big difference uh, for us here down the stretch. So we don't want to get ahead of ourselves. We're focused on tonight's game. Uh, Logan Gilbert taking the mound. Tomorrow, Luis Castillo will pitch his first game for us. So I feel good about those matchups. We've got to figure out a way to score some runs here. And in this ballpark, you've got to hit a few home runs. This ballpark is so small, and certainly their lineup is built for it. Uh, but hopefully we can get a couple out of here in the next couple of days as well. Hey, Scott, with the trade deadline um, nearing, is there just a lot of communication going on between you and Jerry and the scouting department? How does What's your role in this whole deal? My role is to get ready for the Yankees tonight. <laughs> it really <laughs> is, guys. I know. Um, and, and I've had, you know, at different points in my career, different positions I've held, I was heavily involved in these discussions. And, I've always said people have no idea how hard it is to make trades. And people see players you know, sliding all over the board today, and this guy's going to this team, and other players are going other It takes a lot to make these trades happen. So, um, again, you know, we've got a really good front office, a very aggressive group, a uh, group that communicates very well. But I think it's, it's rightly so. I stay out of it at this time of year. You know, I get the nightly, you know, um, you know, up-to-date up reports after our games at night. I'll talk to Justin or Jerry, but – let them do their thing and, and really focus on making sure our guys are ready to play tonight. 
Uh, I was actually going to ask. It, it sounds like that might have answered it. I was going to ask about your relationship with the front office during that. Are you involved in any way as far as saying, hey, we could really use this or, you know, hey, what about this guy? Or or do you pretty much like you just find out when you find out and you're out of it? Well, we're always going to have conversations. Right. We're constantly talking about our team and our players and different ways we can get better, how to get more out of our, our current group. I've said all along, I really like our team. I do. I believe in our group. Um, it's a group that has really come together. Uh, they're playing for each other, which isn't always the case, you know, and people just think, well, you're all in the Mariners. You're sure. It's not always the case, but we, we have a unique group here and a group that I think can do some special things. So, you know, I like our group, but also understand if there's ways to improve it. Um, I'm all in and, you know, I'll share my thoughts or ideas, you know, with Justin and Jerry on a regular basis as they share their thoughts and ideas with me too. But, uh, you know, when it comes down to nitty-gritty, I stay out of it. Let those guys, they're on the phone talking to other GMs or other assistant GMs, and other managers are not talking to other managers because you would probably see a ton of trades if that happens. <laughs> <laughs> we, don't, we don't care about the dollars overall. We just want to win games. <laughs> hey, um, Scott, for people who don't know Luis Castillo, what, um, what, are, you, what are you getting? What have you gotten out of, out of this guy? Oh, he's got elite stuff. You're going to see a fastball that'll go from 96 to 99 miles an hour. Um, it's a sinking fastball. It's got a ton of movement on it. Um, he's got an elite changeup. I think at one point his changeup's probably graded out on a big major league scale as a 70 or 80 changeup. 80 is the top of the, the scale. Um, and he's not afraid to throw it to anybody in any count. He's got a slider as well. Uh, you know, the command... He's not going to be pinpoint command. He's going to stuff you. He's going to go after you, and it's really not going to matter who's in the box. He's going to challenge hitters. So um, he's had a lot of success in the league. He's got a lot of confidence. Um, he's not afraid, and he's a perfect fit uh, on our ball club right now. Hey, I want to get back to your answer prior to this when you talked about this club being able to play for each other and that people think that's really common, but it's not. It's, it's something that is to be proud of. What, is that what you're most proud of with this team this year so far? I'm just I'm, I'm like how this team has evolved, and I say that because I've seen certain personalities on this team, you know, step up and take more of a you know, leadership role, whatever. I've often said there's on, on a baseball team, there's not just one guy that's the leader. Yeah. It's not just the captain. A guy wears a C on his jersey, and everybody looks at that guy. It's really baseball teams are not built out that way. There's a group of leaders. There's five or six guys that really carry the torch and make sure that they're holding each other accountable. And, you know, as we go through our, our pregame work and, and talk about uh, the game postgame and things like that, I really like how this group has evolved because, you know, you're hoping that the J.P. Crawford and the Ty Francis and those guys have the ability to take that step forward and help some of our younger players and even some of our younger players. We see way more leadership coming out of Cal Raleigh than I ever thought was possible at this point in his career. I don't know if you guys saw the little incident the other day in Houston, but – he didn't like the fact that Matt Brash was shaking him off. He went to the mound, and they had a real conversation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, things like that sometimes go under the radar, but it's really valuable. And when you see players, um, you know, holding others accountable, and they take a lot of ownership in what's going on on a daily basis, those are really good signs. And we don't just have one or two guys doing that. We've got multiple guys doing that within our clubhouse. All right. He is the skipper, Scott Service, joining us just as he does every Tuesday for the Scott Service Show. Uh, Skip, good luck in the rest of this series, and we're excited to see you guys get back home. Sounds good, guys. Thanks. Have a good day back in Seattle. Talk to you. That was the Scott Service Show presented by Pizza Hut with support from Mazda of Everett. Uh, Great news on Ty France, feeling better. Uh, Promising news on Dylan Moore, um, both those guys feeling much better. Uh, And I would say maybe my biggest takeaway from this entire thing 
Alex Bregman told Manny Acta that the Mariners had just acquired Luis Castillo. Astros I, have I came for a while. I can't get over it. There's plenty of people. Oh, you. There it's were plenty of people saying, <laughs> "Oh, what?" Because Alex Bregman had like an earpiece in. <laughs> Cheaters. Uh, no, that was a that was maybe the wildest part of it, and it remains the wildest part of sports that people don't see is how quickly news moves, how much of a business it is, and that you can be a manager in the middle of a game and this stuff moves so quickly that you find out from a player on the opposing team that you guys just acquired the biggest arm at the deadline. You have access to a whole bunch of information. Yeah. Remember having to read a newspaper the next day and try to figure some stuff out? Those just days remember, yeah, are gone. Just the concept of like uh, finding news more than 30 seconds after it happens is yeah. just... Like waiting a full day. Like, oh, that happened yesterday. Nope. Nope. Not anymore. Now you find out about it before it happens. Adam Schefter. (laughs) Uh, All right. Let's take a look around MLB. We are going to start with the biggest trade of the day. Once again, revisit that Juan Soto goes to the Padres. Do they become the best team in the National League? I don't know. They certainly became better in the NL West, and that's what's important. Uh, They sent over a package that included five players, initially included first baseman Eric Hosmer. He nixed that deal. The Nationals were one of 10 teams on his no-trade list. Instead, Hosmer goes to the Red Sox. They make a move to bring him in, and uh, Padres are going to end up paying off um, much of his contract still. But the most important thing, I don't think the Padres care about this, the most important thing is they get a 23-year-old all-star and one of the best bats in baseball. The Padres officially have the most style in the majors right now with Tatis and him, Machado. I mean, goodness gracious, there's so much style over there right now. And good for them. Right, a smaller market team making a big boy move instead of the regular suspects getting these guys. Um, they are in, in the division of my, my squad, my second squad, but uh, still like the move. I mean, the important thing is the Dodgers made a move bump. They acquired Joey Gallo, maybe the best Yankee in the first half of the season. Gosh, was he batting like uh, point, York, point eight nine right I now? I want to know what they traded for. Joey him. Gallo I have to think has it was at goodness. least a bag of funyuns. Joey Gallo has fewer hits than Aaron Judge has home runs. Are you serious? Yes. <laughs> so excited. I... Aaron Judge has so 43 excited. home runs. Uh, Joey Gallo, I believe, has 37 base hits. You know how? You know what that California sun does to you, man. You know? That's better eyesight. That's better vision. You know? Vitamin D. It's just like, it's just going to be, what if we see a different Joey Gallo? Who knows? The Dodgers have plenty of talent. Don't have to worry about it. All right. Uh, From Jeff Passan, uh, Tyler Molly, a pitcher who had been uh, linked to Seattle, goes from the Cincinnati Reds to the Minnesota Twins. They're contending. Acquire the right-hander. Now, we already knew that Tyler Molly wasn't going to be traded to the Mariners after they acquired Luis Castillo, also from the Reds. But at least a name that was attached to Seattle does find a new landing spot. He's going to be playing with Minnesota. How dare the Reds not make this happen? Have such a great relationship over the past I know. four years. I feel like they should have thrown in Swapping. Let's switch. Let's switch something up, Just guys. gradually become <laughs> the Cincinnati Reds of Seattle. Uh, yeah, the, the Reds and the Nationals just tearing everything down, by the way. Yeah. I'm trading everyone. Were, uh, were you surprised, either of you, to see the Red Sox uh, become buyers in any way and try to turn this thing around? Now, Eric Hosmer wasn't a huge signing. Once again, the Padres take on the majority of that contract. But Boston not giving up yet, despite really floundering this year. Boston is not giving up. What are they? Five hundred right now because it's Boston. Yeah. Their fans, if their fans sniffed any type of giving up, goodness gracious, good luck to the players, GM, Skip, all those guys. You know how Boston gets down. All right, uh, let's find out who got better here. The Blue Jays are finalizing a deal with the Marlins. Uh, shortstop Jordan Groshans Groshans is going to Miami. 
Uh, Zach Pop and others are going to Toronto. So a couple moves between uh, Toronto and Miami there uh, with Toronto looking to improve. I mean, the biggest news of the day is ultimately Soto, but a couple other small moves Are you guys surprised that we haven't seen the Cubs unload anybody yet? Mm. Wilson Contreras is still there. Ian Happ is still there. Those are two names that I feel like would be in big demand across Major League Baseball. Now we're less than two hours away. This is kind of when the majority of the deals get done today. But Contreras was seen hugging Hap in the dugout a couple days ago. Like, hey, this might this could be it. Waving to fans and stuff. How about this from um, Michael Cerami? Who? What does he do? He covers the Cubs for um, Bleacher Nation. He said. I'm told Wilson Contreras, SDH, and Ian Happ are in tonight's starting lineup for the Cubs. Hmm. So Interesting. Now, we've seen late scratches happen a lot. A thousand percent. I mean, heck, Julio got scratched a couple, <laughs> like about a week or so ago, a late Every, scratch, and that sent everybody. everybody shook. And, yeah, everybody was going nuts. <laughs> what happened? Is he getting traded? Oh, no. God. But, yeah, lineups can be altered. I am. I would be very surprised if... Contreras doesn't get moved before he becomes a free agent. Well, I wonder if what the Cubs are doing is kind of what the Royals did last year, where they had guys they were clearly willing to move on from, but they were asking for way too much. That's true. What Merrifield was, the Royals were asking for Julio. Julio Rodriguez for Whit Merrifield. A 32-year-old second baseman. Get out of here. But it could be that. It could be the Cubs kind of saying, oh, well, if you didn't get Soto and if you, you know, need another arm or if you need whatever, like, We've got this. Uh, we've got a power hitter. We've got an outfielder, and uh, Ian, we're going to continue to ask for way more than these two guys are worth. I'm going to say right now, Ian's gone. He'll be he'll be dealt by three o'clock. That's my guy. That's who I want here in a Mariners uniform. Get Ian Happ to the Mariners, and things are going to be things will be a lot prettier than what they are right now. Where you guys? I mean, another under the radar move that we haven't been talking about yeah. with the Padres is their acquisition of Josh Hader yesterday. Mm-hmm. One of the better closers in the game. Now, he's had a rough month of July, but when he is on, he is one of the best closers in baseball, maybe the best closer in baseball. That's a nice move that the Padres made that I don't think is getting enough publicity, especially, well, I mean, look, when you acquire Juan Soto, that's obviously going to steal the headlines, but Ader's not bad. Ader is, is not bad. Were you guys surprised to see the Orioles become sellers at the deadline given how great they've done i mean uh trey mancini goes to houston um they uh they sent right-hander uh jorge lopez to the twins uh in addition for some uh young prospects and some extra arms i mean they were doing so well i know they're not going to make any kind of deep push but to become sellers when your fans were excited to see a winning month for the first time in years well here's the thing about trey mancini he he said he appreciated being part of the rebuild and felt like it was time to go. So I don't know what those conversations oh, like you think were like. Maybe he was kind of saying, yeah. "Hey, you should trade me." Like this is time is now. I think he sees that. Look, you guys are doing some good things. Try to get something out of me right now. Let me get up out of here and try something else. Look, I certainly, certainly am not a fan of the Astros, but good for Trey Mancini. Easy to root for for landing with a team that most certainly will at least appear in the playoffs. Yeah, so the Orioles are a half game up on the Red Sox. Too. That's what I'm saying. That is they're losing only, culture. They're only two and a half out of that final wild card spot, which the Mariners are holding on to, right? So now. is it rebuilding and just saying like, "Hey, we're done with it"? Because how long have you been doing that? They have some nice young pieces. Like it's, I would this be, is your I'd four, your five. I'd be livid if I was a Baltimore fan. Livid. But 
there's clearly a lot of context. Maybe I don't understand. I Either think, way, I'd be I looking think, at the Red Sox, who are buyers right now. Not yeah. big buyers, but they've acquired uh, Tommy Pham, I think, and then obviously Eric Hosmer and yeah. that deal with the Padres. So they're like they're little buyers, not big buyers, little buyers. I'm gonna say it was Mancini. Bargain shopping. That's what they're doing. They're still adding. Yeah. I'd want to see the Orioles at least add something, but I don't know. Maybe they're focused on losing. Who can say? Who can say? Uh, all right. You are listening to The Dugout. Let's see what's on tap. Powered by Madden Industrial Craftsman, the Mariners. Back at it tonight with the second of a three-game series against the Yankees. Uh, Logan Gilbert gets the start tonight. You're going to wrap things up uh, with a day game tomorrow, by the way. Around 10 p.m. is first pitch. 9 a.m. Mariners pregame show right here on Seattle Sports Station. Uh, and then finally, finally, the Mariners will get a much-needed off day, hopefully come back a bit healthier after that break. Uh, the Skip Scott Service telling us just a couple minutes ago that Ty France and Dylan Moore both improving and uh, and feeling pretty good. So hopefully we see Ty France back and, uh, and Dylan Moore then on track, at least, to return pretty soon. All right, coming up next, play-by-play voice for the Mariners Radio Network, Aaron Goldsmith joins us. Let's see what the biggest need at the trade deadline is. Uh, we're also going to ask him a little bit about uh, the acquisition of Luis Castillo and, and take a look at uh, the remaining schedule. How easy is it? Give us a silver lining here, Aaron, for being hopeful that this team, when healthy, can really make a run. That's next. You're listening to The Dugout every Tuesday at 1 with Bump and Stacy on Seattle Sports Station, the home of the Mariners. This is The Dugout. Joining us now, Aaron Goldsmith. Aaron, uh, let's talk trade deadline. We're a little over an hour away. The biggest need for the Mariners right now to you is... Well, I think the Mariners would, like any team, would benefit from having another arm in the bullpen. I don't think there's – I mean, look at the Yankees' bullpen. My goodness, the Mariners are in New York right now. Now they have had some injuries, some season-ending injuries in their bullpen. But their bullpen has been dominant this year, and they added to their bullpen yesterday. So the point remains – the point is you can never have enough good relief pitching, especially back-end relief pitching, which is obviously more expensive. But then the other thing – and I'm sure that uh, Jerry and Justin and everybody else uh, back in the ballpark and baseball ops are looking at this too and wondering, you know, what will, what will the, the lineup look like even when people get back to full health, right? What, what will Kyle Lewis look like once he gets his legs under him? What will Mitch Hanniger look like after missing, I don't know what the numbers are, over, over half the season? I mean, I think it's unfair to tell Mitch Hanniger, hey, uh, welcome back. I know you've been out for a month. We need you to perform like a silver slugger effective immediately. Uh, that's a hard thing, even for a really accomplished big league hitter like Mitch Hanniger. Uh, I think the good news is and something that I, 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 we've tried to communicate on the broadcast, and I don't think it can be emphasized enough. The Mariners' schedule does ease up considerably uh, after this road trip, and more specifically once the Yankees leave town in Seattle on, on the upcoming homestand. That will help. But uh, there's a lot of ifs with the Mariners lineup right now. You know, what will Ty France look like once he gets hopefully fully back healthy? How will Julio's wrist heal? So there's suddenly in the last, I don't know, three days or so because of those injuries, plus other guys that are on the IL like Adela Moore, there are more questions now as to what that will look like when and if guys do return to full health. When the Mariners see teams like the Yankees, Padres, Houston making moves, do you think it it gives them more of a sense of urgency to make a move, or do you feel like they have a process that they're going to stick to no matter what's going on around them? I think there is urgency for the Mariners regardless of what the rest of the baseball world is doing. I I think 
they are well aware to what the window is for the Mariners, what this season has played out to be for the Mariners, and I mean that in a good way, and what the expectations are, uh, both internally and externally, and that means externally means the fans, right? I mean, this is the time, and the Mariners have already showed us that they understand that by acquiring Luis Castillo at a steep price. And the deal, I think, was a win for both sides. It was a win for the Reds and certainly a win for the Mariners. We'll find out firsthand tomorrow when he makes his Mariners debut. So now, to your point, Bump, does uh, do the stakes uh, go up a little bit when you see the Yankees go get Montas, when you see other teams acquiring big names? Yeah, sure, uh, because you will eventually have to face those guys in October or someone like them that are probably making semi-similar moves. But the point remains, the Mariners are trying to put together the best 26-man roster that they possibly can to give them a chance to end this drought and to get into the dance and to play meaningful baseball in October. And the good news is they made one of the first moves, and they took the biggest starting pitcher name off the board for everybody else, and they made him a Mariner, not just for this year, but for this October run and for all of next year. What does the rotation look like moving forward? Does anyone become the odd man out? Does anyone have to step up? Well, that's the question, right, in terms of how are you going to handle six men in a rotation for approximately the last two months of the season. Now, the good news is it's well known within that clubhouse that there are innings limits specifically on George Kirby. I mean, he is – the Mariners would be irresponsible if they pitched him regularly with a full leash the rest of the season. It would not be the right thing to do, and nobody knows that more than Scott Service and Jerry Depoto. So the Castillo move does afford you two things, right? It brings you a frontline starter, and it also gives you flexibility to figure out how to manage George Kirby. Now, how they're going to do that remains exactly to be seen. The first idea that was thrown around weeks ago before Castillo was acquired was the idea of piggybacking, right? which you see in the minor leagues uh, from time to time. You don't see it as much in the major leagues, but you basically attach Kirby to another starting pitcher. And whether or not it's Kirby who makes the start and then the other pitcher comes in out of the bullpen, or if it's reversed, pitcher B makes the start and then it's Kirby who comes in out of the pen for name the innings, a small handful, right? But you basically keep Kirby in turn. That is a way to manage him. Obviously, they've already sent him down to Tacoma once this year to help limit his innings. I suppose that would be an option as well. You know, the wild card is you have a young pitcher who's making his first turn through the majors, and now he is going to go through something that is unfamiliar to him, right? He has not ever done anything quite like this, especially at this level. How does his body, how does his mind respond to that? Now, none of this is going to be new to George. I'm sure the Mariners have communicated some form of this to him already. But the thing is, Kirby is, as we all know, he is a really important member of the rotation. You want those innings, I would imagine. You want those innings, however limited they might be, to impact your big league club, not your triple-A club right, to kind of go back a step and decide or to kind of review some of the options as to where to put him and how to manage this. But, again, they got Castillo. He's a frontline starting pitcher. Uh, This is a horse that you would have 
potentially start game one of a playoff series, right? I mean, the Mariners now have, in an era where there is no more one-game playoff, there's no more one-game wild card, the Mariners now have a top three that is arguably as good as anyone else's. They have Luis Castillo, they have Robbie Ray, they have Logan Gilbert. You can go win any series with those three guys. I don't care who it is. You have a chance to win with those three guys. The Mariners have put themselves in that position now. Aaron, there's been an injury bug going on with the Mariners all this year. How do they survive um, this stretch of injuries, and who needs to step up for them to do that? So here's the good news. You know, the Mariners have given themselves a long leash now. They've given themselves a line of credit. Now, we didn't know that they would need that capital because of injuries. We thought they would need that capital because of the difficulty of the schedule coming out of the All-Star break. Now, since the Mariners rattled off that incredible win streak of 14 straight. They've lost seven of 11. Now look at who they played and who they've lost to, right? All seven of those losses have come against two division leaders and arguably, not arguably, just it's a fact, two of the best teams in baseball and the Astros and the Yankees. And the Yankees, you can make the case, are the most complete team in baseball. So those are the losses have come against. It's become more difficult to your point bump because of the injuries, when you look at the rest of the way for the Mariners, you have five more games with New York, including tonight. Two here in the Bronx. You come back home. You see the Yankees for three at the end of the upcoming homestand. After this road trip, so I'm, a, I'm about to include the three games remaining starting on the next homestand against the Yankees. After this road trip, the Mariners have 12 games remaining over approximately two months. They have 12 games remaining against teams over 500 as we speak right now. So maybe you can afford to be a little shorthanded, whether it's a guy who's maybe not quite a hundred percent as to where you would like him to be this time of year physically, or because you are still down, let's say Julio on the injured list. Uh, you have a lot of the angels, a lot of the A's, a lot of the Rangers. You've got the Royals still, you've got the Tigers at the end of the year. So 12 games remaining, at the end of this road trip over the final roughly two months against teams over 500. So can, can you, you, you will fall in the standings, right? You, you will always probably fall in the standings when you play the Yankees or the Astros. And that's not a Mariners problem. Mm -hmm. That's a basically every other team in baseball problem. So can you then get back on track shorthanded or not against one of the weakest schedules in all of baseball in the final two months of the season? Obviously, the hope is that they can do that, whether they are down a couple of guys or not. But specifically, once you get full strength, whenever that time is, hopefully you can go on another heater. You're not going to win 14 in a row again, likely. Uh, but can you rattle off a 6 out of 10, 8 out of 12, something like that, and, and get back on the horse and ride that to the finish line? He is play-by-play -play voice for the Mariners Radio Network, Aaron Goldsmith. Goldie, thanks so much. Guys, always great to be with you. Thanks, All right, Aaron. this is The Dugout. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to The Dugout every Tuesday at 1 with Bump and Stacy on Seattle Sports Station, the home of the Mariners. All right, we have a Mariners trade. It finally happened. Uh, the Mariners have acquired a catcher. It's not a big move, but that player is Kurt Casale from the San Francisco Giants. 
for Michael Streifler. That's via Robert Murray of Fansided. So the Mariners do make a trade. It's a little trade. It's a baby trade. They acquire Kirk Casale from the Giants. He is a catcher. Um, of note, Brandon Gustafson uh, of SeattleSports.com says that Casale is currently in the middle of a rehab assignment. Uh, he hasn't played since July 4th. He has an oblique strain. So just a heads up, it's not like someone who's going to join the lineup immediately. Uh, he is. Uh, he's still working through an injury and on the, um, the IL. So you do at least have one move. Bump, Curtis, I already know you guys are going to say it's not enough. It's not enough. It ain't enough. It's something, but I, I don't think it's enough. Um, But this is what I expected at the same time, right? I have my wish list. Okay, yeah. these are the guys that I want. Pre, please, baby. Look, all baby I wanted Jesus. was Juan Soto and Luis Castillo. That's not a lot to ask for. It's not a lot to ask it's for. It's not a lot to ask for. It's not. We got Luis, though. So I guess I'll roll with it, That's, I guess. I have no choice. Not like I'm going to say, no, Vito! <laughs> <laughs> Let's not do it. No, and I kind of, uh, I kind of wonder, like, am, am I asking too much, wanting Castillo and someone else? And the answer is no, because I'm watching the Padres make moves. I'm, uh, you know, watching the Yankees and the Astros get even stronger. And you're just thinking, ah, oh, man, uh, you'd love to see the Mariners uh, continue to get something done there. But there is at least one move. Again, the trade deadline is at 3 p.m. That's going to kick off the Mariners pregame show. So what may happen is over the next hour with Wyman and Bob, because we're going to take you guys into Wyman and Bob here, there could be news breaking. Or there could be news that leaks out after the trade deadline is over during the Mariners pregame show. So stay tuned right here, Seattle Sports Station. But that being the latest move, the Mariners acquire catcher Kurt Casale, who goes by Kaz, by the way. And his first name is Curtis. Congratulations, What's his middle name? Middle name, Michael. Michael. Curtis Michael not Stacy though. That's the one thing. <laughs> Maybe That's he's married name. to somebody named Stacy. Yeah, Maybe. there could be Stacy in there somewhere. But uh, Curtis Michael Casali, friend of the show already because of his name. Uh, he is a catcher for the Giants, and he was just acquired via trade uh, by the Seattle Mariners. Mariners send Michael Streifler, um, the original report via Robert Murray of Fansided with Brandon Gustafson, our own Brandon Gustafson, pointing out that um, Casali in the middle of a rehab assignment with an oblique strain, so don't expect him in the lineup just yet. Stacy, what's your middle name? Joe. Okay, never mind. Yeah. That's why his name is Renee. I was like, maybe. maybe. Renee is my wife's middle name. Okay, more so. connection. Well... I mean, so again, once again, I'm still left out and I'm like waiting to see how I'm going to be included here. <sighs> wow. Here we go again. I will say that Casale is a significant step up from Luis Torrens right now, who Torrens has been a catastrophic disappointment on the Mariners roster, to put it nicely. Uh, Casale, before getting hurt, had a war this season above one as a backup catcher, which is pretty good. Uh, He's got an OPS of around 700, and also, as pointed out by Brandon Gustafson as well, uh, Casale played with the Cincinnati Reds with Suarez, with Winker, with Castillo, Mm -hmm. so he's got a lot of uh, history with those guys as well. So you're just bringing over the Cincinnati Uh, Reds to Seattle. That's what I'm saying. This group continues to grow. (laughs) I know it's not the move that a lot of people wanted. I know that Mariners fans are pointing to this lineup saying, hey, they haven't gotten on this road trip more than two runs in a game with the exception of their one win of the road trip, a 5-4 win over Houston that felt improbable and wild in the moment. Uh, And that's the only game you were able to get two runs or more. So, yes, you do need offense, but don't forget, I am not making excuses, but I am going to remind you that this club is not healthy right now. You're waiting not only on Julio to come back, on Ty France to come back, but... Okay. On. Now you're getting pumped up. All right. Give me back up, Stace. Turn me up. Turn me up. And Jesse Winker, you never know if he's going to be able to bounce back. But most importantly, 
Julio turning things around, feeling better. Scott Service telling us earlier today that both he and Dylan Moore are improving. Ty France also turning around. So what seemed like pretty awful injury news in that finale against the Astros is at least looking up right now. Got to get the band back together. That's all we're missing. Got to get the band back together and add a singer, which is Luis Castillo. So let's see what happens when these baskets get going. All right, Shannon Dreyer joining us now in the Emerald Queen Casino Sportsbook Hotline. Uh, Shannon, I, I don't expect you to know everything there is to know about the newest Mariner, Kurt Casale, but uh, why why go for a catcher here, and, and what does this move signal to you? Well, I, I think it's an opportunity, and I, I do. He's in the other league. I've not seen a lot of him, and I was in the middle of an interview when all of this came down. So, no, I have not had time to do a ton of research on him, but for the wise, you know, obviously, Luis Torrens this year has not been what he was when they first got to him offensively. Uh, they have not gotten a lot out of him. And unfortunately, the defense, while well, I think it started improved at the beginning of the season, it started to fall off a little bit. So uh, I can see why they would look in that direction. Jerry DePoto said he would take whatever opportunity he could uh, to upgrade if that opportunity was there. And I kind of wondered if that might be a position in the direction that they went in. And it turns out they did. Shannon, I think this was the type of move we should expect, right? You already made your, your big one with Luis Castillo. Now it's all about just getting depth and, and addressing some needs. You know, I, I don't know if should is the right word for that. I think that when you make an investment in a player like Luis Castillo and give up that what you have given for him and for the time that you are going to have, I, I think that is an all-in move. And I, I think that when you see – the offense struggle a way that we have seen it struggle this year. I wouldn't have, you know, objected to something a little bit bigger on the offensive side. I think that my eyes would have been open. Maybe they still are for them a little bit more in the outfield. I know we've talked about this before. You're always talking about how are you going to find room for everybody when everybody comes back. Well, we've never seen that before. And I think that you're seeing now that Kyle Lewis is limited and we're not going to see him in the outfield very much. We don't know what we are going to see from Mitch Haniger and when we are going to see Mitch Haniger, hopefully sooner rather than later, but how much is he going to be able to play? If you have a solid option that you could put out there, and you know Jesse Winker has struggled for the last month. He had a little kind of upswing in what he was doing, and now he's seeing some things that are kind of similar to what we saw before, although he has been picking it up the last couple of days, so you cross your fingers there. So as far as just complimentary moves, in a normal season, yes, but after the Castillo move, you've got two postseason runs with him to try and get this right now. So I you know, would think that perhaps you are a little bit more aggressive in adding. All right, last question here, Shannon, while we've got you. Um, obviously, everyone uh, looking to the offense, it's, it's easy to look at this team right now, especially on this road trip, and say you need to add a bat. But what about the bullpen? How are they looking? Tired, and it's a different situation now because as uh, you know, they've come out of the break. They've been used quite a bit. Starters have not been getting as deep into games, and that was key for them and the success that the entire pitching staff was having. Now you add to that, they have six in the rotation, which means they have one less in the bullpen. So you have got a pen that has been a little bit overextended and is down a man because that is what the roster is right now. Going to be very interested to see how they ultimately determine how they're going to run with six starting pitchers and one fewer in the pen because that's going to, you know, impact what they do. A lot of the success that they had, you know, dating back to mid and even early June when they were kind of ramping up getting into that streak that we saw was because the starters were able to go out there and, and keep the bullpen fresh in the innings that they were given. Now we're not seeing that. 
one viewer, and I'm not sure how sustainable that is. She is Mariners insider Shannon Dreyer joining us just as she does every Tuesday for the dugout. Shannon, thanks so much. You got it. All right, as a reminder, our conversation with Mariners insider Shannon Dreyer is powered by Pacific Lamp and Supply. You do have at least one Mariners move ahead of the trade deadline, acquiring catcher Kurt Casali from the San Francisco Giants for Michael Streifler. Uh, that via Robert Murray, a fan-sided, um, just a small move, but uh, at least something he remains on the IL, by the way, in the middle of a rehab assignment. Uh, all right, that will do it for the dugout, but Wyman and Bob are coming your way. They're going to stick with you for an hour, and then you're going to head into the Mariners pregame show. So stay tuned for any MLB trade updates right here on Seattle Sports Station.